the story of the Magi, you know? You got, you got Mary and Joseph, they're there, Jesus is born, he sees his mama, he sees his daddy, you know? And, and then the, the very next guys that are sent to see the baby are a bunch of Jewish shepherds. Now this was kind of interesting to me because the Jewish shepherds go to see the baby and the baby's born in a manger. He's born in a barn, <laughs> all right? Now, where are baby sheep born? They're born in a barn. Jesus is the Lamb of God. So God sent shepherds to see his lamb who was born in a barn, which means later when Jesus was a teenager and he ran out that door and then shut that door and Mary hollered, Jesus, were you born in a barn, boy? And Jesus would turn around and say, well, uh, actually, Ma, you know. <laughs> see, so, so the Jewish shepherds come to see him first. The next group of guys you see to come see him are a group of magi. They're, they're Persian, heathen, Gentiles. Well, in the Bible, ain't but two kind of people. There's Jews and there's Gentiles. And every time you see them together, they represent the world. So the world comes to see the Messiah born. What I like is the Persian Gentile, the Gentile, you know, Magi, okay? They, they're coming to see him and they're following the star. How did they know to follow the star? Well, if you think about it, it, it says like, uh, I forget how it goes, something like 1,400 from years from David to 1,400 years of the captivity in Babylon. And from 1,400 years of the captivity in, oh, no, it goes from Abraham to David was 1,400 years. From David to the captivity was 1,400 years. And from the captivity to Jesus Christ is 1,400 years. That's a lot of 1,400s. All right. But it also shows a series of events, and it shows God orchestrating events over thousands of years to make one thing happen. But you go back to Daniel. Daniel gets thrown in the lion's den, all right? Comes out, and the king of Persia makes him the chief of the Magi. Now, Daniel is a good Jewish boy. He never once compromised his Jewishness, his relationship with God. You could take that into modern and say, Daniel never once compromised his Christianity. He stood there, all right, and he stood. He's made chief of the Magi, so a guy who never compromises his Jewishness, never compromises his relationship with God. Do you think that once he got made the head Magi, that he went ahead and taught them a whole bunch of Persian, you know, uh, heathen, uh, uh, you know, satanic ideology? Or did he start teaching them the God, the I Am that he knew? And if you ever listen, there's Chuck Mishler talked about this thing called the Metzeroth. Have you ever heard of that? We should look that up sometime. Metzeroth, Chuck Mister said, uh, was it's a rabbinical tradition that Adam used the Metzeroth to teach his descendants about the coming Messiah. And what they did is he took the name of the brightest star of, in the constellation and the name of the second star in the constellation. And if you take those names that were given to each of those stars, it tells you of the coming of the Lion of the tribe of Judah. That's only part of it. And it takes you all the way through to the Messiah. So the Metzeroth is studying the stars that point the way to the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Funny thing is, is that Chuck Metzeroth means the way. And Jesus, as an adult, later said, I am the way. I'm the one the stars have been telling you about. Mm-hmm. What was the sign that he had come? Was a star. What were the Magi following? The stars. So I think it went something like this. All right, that, there you got this Persian Magi guy. 1,400 years before he's ever going to kindergarten. Daniel gets made chief of the Magi, and he begins to teach these Persian guys. Mm-hmm. And I, he began to teach them the Metzeroth. He began to teach them other beautiful God stuff. Yeah, you, you know, know what I'm saying? He, he, was, 
he studied and, and looked into the prophecies because he's the one who discovered, hey, it's time for us to be back already. We got, we better start <laughs> doing yeah. something. Because, Boy was smart, man. Yeah. So I think that he was teaching these Persian guys. And 1,400 years later, one of these Persian guys was reading a book. I'm, I'm just reading it. I'm just, you know, saying, hey, because how, how, else, how else in the Blue Blazers did he know to follow that star? You see what I'm saying? So I, he was reading well, they, a Persian history book. Yeah, you know? they were a stargazing people. Yeah. They, like when uh, Copernicus went and he did all of his his things, basic, he, he, he was trying to kind of redo these wheels in the heavens that don't work, and he ended up making a system that had even more wheels than before. But he barely did any observations, and his tools weren't very good for observing the stars. But what he did is he went back to the Babylonian, the Persian observances of the stars and used their charts and their observations through the years to discover the movements of the stars, of the planets. And so had, had he used, maybe if he'd gone back far enough and discovered the Mesroth, he might have came out with a whole other wheel. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that guy's reading that book 1,400 years later, and he's looking at it, and he's like, hey, look at here. And the Persian book says this dude Daniel got thrown in the lion's den, and, and a Jewish fella, and then he got out, and, and the king made him chief of the Magi. And he been teach all these magi this stuff. And it says here that these stars are going to point out to the coming of the king of the Jews, the hope of mankind, the Messiah. So he goes over and says, hey, Aloysius, come over here and look at this, would you, boy? In the book, I just found this book over here, Persian book, and it says it's due Daniel. And he's pointing out the stars. And Aloysius says, Mert, you'll never believe this, but I was just outside and seen a star. Mert says, no way. He says, it's in the book. Let's go out there and look. He goes out there, and he's like, sure enough, there's a star. Aloysius says, boys, load the camels. Let's follow that thing. Mm -hmm. You see? Those may not be the exact Persian names. You know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? I, I think that's somewhere in there. I think he was studying about Daniel, maybe. And, and maybe he found the Metzeroth. And then he went, hey, wait a minute. There's a star. And yeah, they were a star again because they knew them stars were you could navigate by them across the desert. See what I'm saying? But this star here was different than all the other stars. And they follow that star, and it leads them to Jerusalem. Why Jerusalem? Because that's the city of kings. It's a, it's a city of King David. It's the city of God. It's where the kings of Israel rule from. So they go to the city of king looking for the king. And they get there, and Herod finds out, hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews, and Herod don't like that. But Herod calls together all the preachers and the priests and the rabbis, and they go get the book. And they read it in the book. And they tell the Persian magi, oh, it says here he's supposed to be in, in Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. So they take off, and lo and behold, there's the star again. And they follow it, and the star lines up over Bethlehem. And it says they rejoice with exceeding great joy. Now, what do you think exceeding great joy looks like, you know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wasn't like, woohoo, yay, boys, we found it. I think them boys had a fit, <laughs> you know? I think they might have fallen out laughing crazy. <laughs> but then they went into and saw the baby, and it says they fell down and worshipped him. So they went to the church, and the preacher showed them the book, and the book pointed them to Jesus. And they met Jesus, and when they met Jesus, they fell down. Now, I heard a preacher saying that, in a, in a, in a, that when it said that part, they fell down. If you read that in Greek, it's, it means to fall down violently and be shattered. Mm. So I don't think those boys just laid down and went, you know, oh, <laughs> and they, you know, like they show, you know, they said they fell down and were shattered. I think the power of the Holy Spirit knocked them down. Mm. 
And interesting, later that Jesus as a man said, far better that you should fall on the rock and be shattered, be broken, mm-hmm. than the rock to fall on you and be crushed. <laughs> Them boys met Jesus and got shattered. Yeah. And then it says they worshiped, and part of their worship was, and they broke out their treasures. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Part of their treasure was they broke out, or the worship was breaking out the treasures. And it said they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which if you look at it historically, you'll find out those were the three very best, the three prime exports coming out of Persia at the time. Mm-hmm. So they bought, brought the very best in their worship. Now watch this. They go to the preachers and they read the book and the book points them to Jesus. They go and they meet Jesus and their life is changed. And the next day, the father speaks to them and says, hey, go a different way home, boys. It wasn't until they met Jesus that the father spoke to them. Jesus would later say, I am the way. And don't no man get to the Father but through me. Mm -hmm. I'm the gate. And anybody trying to come through another gate ain't nothing but a thief and a liar. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But if you come to, and Jesus said exclusively, I'm the way. Ain't no other way but through me. But Jesus follows that, I love that, with the most inclusive statement ever made. And whoever, anybody who will come to me, I'll introduce you to my Father. You can come through me, and I'm willing to accept anybody. No matter how rigid you think you are, how rigid your rules are, no matter what abomination or denomination that you belong to, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you'll come to me, I'll introduce you to the Father. So I like as they went to the church, they went to the preacher, the preacher read the book, the book pointed them to Jesus, they met Jesus, and he introduced them to the Father. Even as a two-year-old boy, the only way you was getting to the Father was through him. <laughs> yeah. Right there, so you see some Jewish uh, shepherds come and they meet Jesus, and you see some Gentile magi come and they meet Jesus. Right there, the whole world comes to Jesus. That's the representing of the world coming to Jesus. And if the world would come, he said, I'll show you to my Father. Mm-hmm. I was sent for the world. Who crucified him? Who crucified Jesus? The Romans. The world did. Because watch this, the Jewish leadership called for his crucifixion, but they couldn't crucify him because the right of capital punishment had taken away. So they went to the Roman Gentile and asked for him to be crucified. So the Jews called for his crucifixion, but a Gentile authorized it. Therefore, dude, that implicates the whole world Mm -hmm. is guilty in the crucifixion of Christ because the Jew and the Gentile. The Jews and the Gentiles came and saw him at his birth. And he said, I came for the whole world. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to the cross, and the Jews and the Gentiles crucify him. He said, I died for the whole world. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing it so that y'all can come and meet my father. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But hey, I'm going to be exclusive about this. You can't come, but nobody, no other way but through me. But man, anybody who wants to come can come. Now, look at this, man. If you follow that out, okay? Way back 1,400 years before, God causes Daniel to get thrown in a lion's den, and he takes him, delivers him from the lion's den, so much more that the king of Persia is so moved, you're the head of the Magi. 1,400 years before the Magi ever go to kindergarten, God's already setting it up with Daniel over here, all right? 1,400 years before that, David uh, prophesies about the coming of the Messiah and his crucifixion. 1,400 years before that, you got Abraham, and Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him righteousness. That's, I don't know how many 1,400s that adds up to, but that's a lot of 1,400s. Now, if he can, God can plan that far back, 
and bring it all the way to pass all them years later for his son, where all these two different group of people come find that baby. If a guy can plan it out that good with that many details and not make one mistake, can't you trust somebody like that? <laughs> can't you say, you know what? There might be something to this. There might be something. I, I, I don't know how it works, Jesus. I'm, but I'm going to come to you because I want to be shattered. I want to be changed. Yeah. I want to walk in the freedom that you're talking about. I want to walk in the life that you're talking about. I don't care what society is doing. I don't care what the culture is doing. I don't care what they say in my church. If you could, I don't care if you're Catholic, you know, charismatic, crazy-matic, automatic, you know, I don't care which one you are. If you can read that book, that book points you to Jesus. And if you can meet Jesus, he'll introduce you to his father. And his father will reach down and say, hey, now I'm finna direct you. Hey, welcome to the family, because I'm adopting you. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, dude, that, that's an equation being laid out. Can yeah. you see that written out as an equation? God's working it out. All, but you can follow that back from beyond Abraham, his 14, follow that all the way back to, Abra to, to Adam. Mm -hmm. And you get to the garden. All right? Now, it, it, if the woman had stayed quiet in the church, she wouldn't have <laughs> talked to that snake. But no. <laughs> uh, you know, but you follow that all the way back to the garden. All right, God's orchestrating this from the moment that Satan gets thrown out of heaven. Mm -hmm. All right, he's got one after the other, after the other, after the other, setting these events up. And you know, God, God is not anti-woman. The Bible is not a sexist book. Mm -hmm. Women are so important to God that the first prophecy ever given was given to a woman and it did not come through the mouth of a prophet. It came to, 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 to Eve, woman, your seed, the serpent will bruise his heel, but he'll crush his head. Mm -hmm. Adam said, that's it, mama, your name is Eve. <laughs> you know, you are the mother of all living. Adam could have said right then and there, you're the mother of the all living one. But you're the mother of the all living. I like this. Now look, dude, it said, but the Bible says you were dead until you came to Christ. You were part of the walking dead over here. But now that you, you were once dead, but now you're alive in Christ. The moment I meet Jesus Christ and he introduces me to the Father, I become one of the all living. Not the walking dead. <laughs> you see, yeah. I'm one of the ones that God told Eve about way back then. Yeah. And you, you mentioned the falling on the rock. It, it was a lot, uh, much different story for Daniel and everything that he suffered compared to those magi, everything that they suffered. They suffered the same sentence from man but the lions ate one of them, not the other one. And God is orchestrating these events. He's like, fall on the rock. Choose to let me use you and co-create with me so you can be part of this great thing because it's going to happen whether you like it or not. And I got to do some things. And if I got to do them to you instead of through you, it's not going to be as pleasant. <laughs> I, I full on believe God will always do things in you to you, and then through you. But I guarantee you, before you ever get the through, you're going to get the end and the two. <laughs> and like in my own life, God took me to a place that I was so low, I could look up and see the bottom. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. God said, son, I love you so much that I'll drag you all, I'll break you all the way down because I want to bless you. Mm 
because I want to bring you up. I want to lift you. I want to walk. I want to walk with you the way I walked with Adam in the cool of the garden, boy. And I want to reveal myself to you. The problem is, is you were tripping over your own shelf and kept getting in my way. And I just got to do a little moving, just like I did some moving in Daniel's life and David's life in them 1,400 years to set up that meeting for them magi. He 1,428, however many 14s add up right there, from Abraham to David to the captivity to Jesus, that's all them 14s adding up. You see what I'm saying? I had to call Nathaniel, ask him how much that adds up to. Right? And he, he said, because I'm orchestrating a meeting. Mm-hmm. I'm orchestrating a meeting for some magi, and, some heathen Gentiles. And who drew them to be so enamored with the stars? <laughs> who was work, Who was it? Hey, Mert. Gone out there and look at that star, boy. You know, Mert's like, ooh, star. Yeah, let me go look at that. He don't even know it's got talking. No, I don't know. No, I don't know any Persian names, so Aloysius and Mert was all I could come up with. You know? If a God who can plan and orchestrate those kinds of events, man, no matter what mess it looks like out there right now, and it's a mess. Man, I talked to my daughter up in college. The stuff that she she's like, Pop, it's downright crazy. There's some craziness goes on in these colleges, you know? Of all the stuff they, you know, and, 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 and she, but in the midst of all that craziness, is God working, setting up a series of events because God says, I'm about to do something. I'm setting up a meeting that folk don't know is coming yet. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. God spoke to Joseph. You know what I, lo- I loved about Joseph? Joseph had to be a right-on dude. Jesus was earthly father, all right? Because he he loved Mary enough. He said, "I don't want to. I don't. I don't want her to be a public spectacle. In other words, I don't want her to get stoned to death. I love her too much. I just I just put her away quietly. Mm-hmm. But then the angel appears and said, "Joe, take the girl, because this is what the Holy Spirit's doing." And you know what I noticed? Joe did it. Mm-hmm. And a short time later, they go and a baby's born, and it says God spoke to Joseph in a dream. Said, Joe, go to Egypt. Joe did it. Mm-hmm. He's in Egypt, and God said, Joseph, go on back. <laughs> Joe did it. Joseph it was a man who questioned things normally, naturally. Man, on a, on a natural side of things, it looked like my girl then went and stepped out the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit has said he's doing this. I trust him because I see him setting up events. He's been setting it up for all these thousands of years. And how this is going to work out in my life, I don't know. But I can trust somebody who can set things up for that many thousands of years and not make one mistake. In the book is written all the mistakes that you and I make. It's in the book. He don't hold them back none. You know? You know, the book book is really cool because it does two things. It contrasts the personality of God, the nature of God, with human nature. Mm -hmm. It's the only book in the world that actually does it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to make a real clear picture for you. Here's me (laughs) over here. Here's y'all over here. And if you read this right, and you just don't try to justify your own self, you're going to come to the conclusion, wow, I really need some help here, God. (laughs) Because I'm lost as a goose in the fog. I need to meet the Messiah. I need some change to come in my life. Mm -hmm. And if you can orchestrate that many events, sir, and be that accurate and that pinpoint, that precise, then I got to be able to trust you. 
no matter what the rest looks like, Joseph, no matter what it looked like, no matter what it looked like, my wife was pregnant, and there's no way to humanly explain that. But the Holy Spirit said, Joe had to go out, you know, because you know his family said to Joseph, boy, what you been doing? You and Mary been out at the drive-in? Or, you know, where, you know. Yeah, you know, he had to, he had to. He had to say, hey, hey, wasn't me. <laughs> Holy Spirit said, angel came and said, you see what I'm saying? Later, you see them Pharisees, they go, hey, we know who our daddy is, you know. <laughs> they knew the story about him, you know. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> you know, the same can be said up here. You know, yeah. Joe. What I loved about Joseph's life was Joseph had his doubts, but when God spoke to him, Joseph did it. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is you can't find nowhere in there where he argued with him once he got the word from God. Yeah, what a cool example of an earthly father he had to have been for Jesus. He, I know he wasn't perfect. Jesus, you know, you could ask, him, yeah, Joe made some mistakes. That's why he needed me to come and be his Messiah. <laughs> you know? But Joe was a good man. He was a good example. For me. I saw that that uh, Chosen. I don't I haven't seen too much of it. But there was a particular episode I saw. He was, Jesus was about to give this sermon. And all these women come up to him. And they're like, Jesus, Jesus, we, uh, we got to talk to you. Because... Uh, Look, man, you need some fashion help. Your fashion, too much brown going on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they all want to put different, but his mama wins out and puts a blue tie on him, the sash on him, you know? <laughs> and there's a scene a little bit later where Jesus and Mary are standing there. Nobody's around. And and uh, Mary goes, man, uh, I'm thinking about your father and just, you know, it's too bad he's missing this and wish he could be here. And Jesus responded, which father? And Mary said, you know which one I'm talking about. And Jesus said, yes. And there was a scene in there, what I like, that Mary leaned up and, and she put her head and she said, I'm proud of you, son. I thought, you know, there had to be time. Because mm-hmm. Mary was just a human being. She knew this son was somebody different. She knew how he got here. At that wedding, she said, just do whatever he tells you. <laughs> you know, because I'm telling you, I know who the boy is. But she still had a mother's heart for him. She still felt for her son. It said, the angel said, there's going to be a sword pierce your soul, Mary. This is going to hurt. Because mm-hmm. I know that you're going to love this boy so much. you got a mother's heart and you're going to love him. And your heart's going to be broken. But don't worry. He's the one that'll wipe away the tears. He's the one that'll heal that heart. Mm-hmm. He's the one that'll restore that right relationship with the father. That's the relationship you need, Mary. Mm 